Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and website, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Reframe your thoughts from this is too hard or I don't know what to do to, you know, I'm capable of figuring this out or I can make this easy. And that is a question I often ask myself. How can I make this easy? If I want a particular result in my life, what can I do to make this process easy? Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Imprint. I'm very excited to have you join me today and this week because this week is going to be a bumper week of episodes for the podcast. So let me know what you think. Always love to get feedback from you 
on which episodes resonate the most and which ones really help you on your journey to creating the home and life that you really want. Because that's ultimately what this podcast is about, sort of giving you the tools and the resources, sharing the lessons that I've learned on my journey. And of course, with the interviews, the other people's journeys as well. So I hope that you're going to get a huge amount of value out of this episode and also the following ones for this week. So please, as always, you can put a um, comment in the review section of the podcast if you found these valuable. Always love to hear from you. All right. So today I wanted to talk about a topic that has come up a lot recently. I taught a free class last week. I think that will be the right date in terms of when this episode goes live. And I actually reached out to people and asked what they were struggling with when it came to their home. And one of the most common answers related to self-doubt, but it showed up in different ways. So these were kind of some of the answers that people were saying or variations on these kind of responses. So somebody was asking, you know, how do you know if you're doing it wrong? Or I guess you could say the flip side to that is like, how do you know when you're doing it right? And there was also a lot of uh, self-doubt in people's answers in relation to personal style, sort of feeling like they like too many styles. How do you know if the right style is for you? Um, all of these questions about self-doubt in relation to somebody's own personal style. And then many questions as well about how do you know when to pull back or, you know, in implement this idea of less is more and a huge amount of queries as well relating to striking the right balance between warm and inviting spaces without having too much clutter or having the right balance between simple spaces without being too min minimal. And so essentially at the heart of all these kind of queries and doubts and worries about the home is this question of self-doubt, not being sure about the next best move, not being sure about how to create a space with confidence. And so if you struggle with any of these areas of your home, um, I trust that you're going to get a lot of value out of today's episode. And I'm, as I said, I'm going to be sharing some ideas that have really helped me on my journey. Now, when it comes to self-doubt, there's a lot of uh, advice out there that is just sort of says you just need to be more confident or you just need to trust the process. But that's not always helpful, especially when it comes to creating a home or making decisions where perhaps you don't have a lot of experience. You know, you haven't um, gone out and styled other people's homes or you're not a professional interior designer. So maybe you have a job in a different area and you just love your home, but you don't have that kind of day to day experience of transforming spaces of, you know, working with different types of homes, different types of products, objects, you know, light, all of the different factors that come into creating a home. And so if that's not something that you do all the time, then you can start to feel like you lack confidence. Or perhaps, you know, you just you just worry like you maybe you have invested in something before in your home and then it hasn't quite turned out the way that you wanted to. And that's really made you very hesitant about making decisions going forward because you feel like, well, that wasn't a great choice. And so now you're really holding back on making decisions that can help you move forward. 
So today I want to share three very practical ideas to help you feel more confident creating your home and making the dreams that you have for your life a reality. And I just want you to know that it's really important to listen to the whispers that you have within you. These are your deep desires trying to speak to you. It's really important to listen to them. I know for myself, I've had to listen to mine many times and on different topics. And, you know, everything from my home, my career, my children, my marriage, all different things. And we all know deep down within what is right for us, but we just have to have the courage to listen and to take action on those things that are important to us. And there is a point when those whispers within, they get so loud that to not take action becomes more painful than to just keep listening to them. You know, you kind of got them on that loop in your head, these thoughts or ideas that just keep going around and around. And, you know, we all experience this and it's something that they will never go away until you take action. That is basically the way that you stop those kind of thought loops keep going around and around in your head. Now, I know for me, um, you know, this, as I said, this has showed up in many different types of my life. And I've found that when I actually go out there and take action, that is when I start to get the results that I want in my life. So my great hope for you is that you don't just listen to this episode, but that you take action on one of the ideas that I'm going to share with you, because that's truly how you overcome self-doubt. It's when you feel the fear and you do it anyway. Now, the reality is that, you know, it can feel hard. You know, we worry that we're going to be making mistakes. Um, I, you know, that's always been one for me that has sort of, has definitely held me back in some areas of my life, sort of worrying about making mistakes. Or we worry about what other people will think of us. And, you know, we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to look like a fool. We don't, you know, there, there's so many nuances to that as well. I mean, it could even be that um, with, our, with our partner, maybe you've got a husband or a wife or whatever your situation is. And, um, you know, you're worrying about, you know, investing in yourself or investing in your home. And if you get it wrong, you know, or what you think is wrong, you're worried that they'll say, well, you know, that was a waste of money or, you know, like how being accountable to them in some kind of way. Or, you know, we're worried that we will literally waste our time as well as our money, you know, and that we'll kind of have invested some time or money into our home or into an area of our life and that we feel like, but what if it doesn't work out? And we have all of these thoughts that kind of keep coming up into our heads. Now, the more oxygen we give to our fears, the more that they live on. So it's really important to give equal time and mental space to the possibilities. And this is a skill I have had to really learn because it is not something that comes naturally for me. I definitely tend to circle in all the negative thoughts and the negative ideas. And probably over the past five years, I've really been able to retrain my brain to think about the possibilities and to think about what can go well and how this can actually be a great thing. And so instead of just focusing on the negative possibilities, we need to focus on 
how this could actually be amazing opportunity, how this could actually be the possibility or the chance or, you know, that particular um, opportunity in our life that we can actually grow and evolve and we can create the home and life that we do really want. So it's really important to think that not that we're making mistakes, but that we're going to be learning. And learning is a journey. Learning is not, you know, an endpoint. Sure, there are some things we learned that, you know, and that's like we have learned that lesson, but it is a continual journey because life has nuance to it. And so we can't expect to know, you know, have infinite knowledge in, you know, in one go. We we have to continually apply ourselves and and just embrace the journey of that too. It's like you wouldn't expect to go from not cooking to being an expert chef in one go. Like you would never expect that. But in other areas of our life, it's like we have this expectation that we have to go from never having tried something to becoming an expert overnight. And it just doesn't happen like that. And, you know, the best chefs are always learning. They're always trying new combinations and new ingredients. And some work and some don't. And we've got to take that mindset into our homes as well and just think, you know, I'm just going to experiment. I'm just going to keep doing the work and playing and learning because that is how I will get better. And instead of worrying about, you know, what other people will think of us, instead we can think about, you know, that we will actually learn to not necessarily even gain other people's respect because we, I mean, Yes, to some degree, that is maybe important in some areas of our lives. But what's more important is that we will actually gain respect for ourselves. We will get that on a whole new level when we take action on things that are important to us. Because we have followed through with something that we value and that is important. And Honestly, when we do this, and this is also something that I have learned, that you just start to get to that next level of your own personal growth. This is something, this is just like such a a small little example of this. But I used to be one of these people who would be constantly burning the midnight oil. And I got to a point where it just wasn't sustainable anymore. And I realized that I had to make a change. You know, I couldn't keep working to the small hours of the night. You know, I was juggling work and children and all of these types of things. And I really had to, you know, set boundaries with myself in relation to sleep and in relation to work and in relation to, you know, not working on weekends and not looking at my phone on weekends. And it was hard at first, but then the more I did it, the more I had respect for myself that I was able to make a decision and really respect that decision and not kind of just cave into like, oh, you know, I'll just do it this once because it becomes a very slippery slope when you start to do those things. But to actually, you know, respect those decisions that you make ahead of time rather than just being always impulsive and kind of giving in to that kind of primitive part of your brain that just wants to kind of get the dopamine hit. So, you know, that is a way that I have learned that lesson for myself. And then you start to build evidence for yourself that, you know, actually I can do this and you can start to apply it to other areas of your life, you know, exercise and eating well and, 
you know, following through on things that are important to you in relation to you, the goals that you might have for yourself or for your life or for your relationship or whatever it is. And so this kind of comes to the idea of, you know, when we worry about wasting our time and money, we can instead start to look at it that, well, when we take action, we actually start to gather data. We start to gather information so we can make more informed decisions. And that is what an informed decision is. It's when you have gathered information to, you know, to make a decision so that it's not just based on a whim, but it's like actually based on this worked, that didn't work, or this part of this equation didn't work, or this part of the process didn't work. You know, maybe kind of going back to that sleep analogy, you know, maybe if you're trying to set boundaries with yourself in relation to something, you know, maybe it's kind of recognizing, oh, like if I put my phone in um, another room in the evenings, you know, I'm less likely to get stimulated by looking at my phone and then less likely to, you know, go to bed late and have a bad night's sleep or, you know, other things. So it, it, you know, it can be as nuanced as that at times. And so what happens is we can break the process down into simple steps. And, um, and that's what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share some of the simple steps that I have done in my own life. So I want you to think about, you know, where are you right now in relation to feeling confident in your ability to create a beautiful home or pursue your dreams? And what impact could it have on your life if you were able to reframe your thoughts from this is too hard or I don't know what to do to, you know, I'm capable of figuring this out or I can make this easy. And that is a question I often ask myself, how can I make this easy? If I want a particular result in my life, what can I do to make this process easy? Again, going back to the kind of example of getting better sleep, you know, what can I do to make that easy for myself? For me, you know, it is like making sure that I, um, you know, put my phone in another room or that I make sure I've got a really great book to read in the evenings. You know, there are so many little steps that you can do so that actually you look forward to that downtime. I turn down the lights in the evening so that I'm really kind of um, reinforcing the circadian rhythms of, you know, when the lights go, when the sun goes down, the lights in the house go down. You know, those simple little things. So how can I make this easy? So for you, if you're sort of struggling to know and understand your style, then what are some steps that you can do to make this process easy for yourself? And I've got so many different tools and resources in relation to that on my website and also, you know, past episodes. Um, but, you know, that's just one little example, you know, of how can you think you can make this easier? People sort of talking about, um, you know, getting this right balance. Well, I'm going to go through some of these steps that have really helped me to kind of create a framework for myself of how I can actually make this easier. So, as I said, um, you know, I just want to share what's worked for me and how I've managed to overcome self-doubt on my own journey. And often it is just taking those small steps. A huge thing for me in my the early part of my journey was when I had to make that decision to, to actually start putting myself out there. Because I was a stylist who was working a lot for magazines, you know, constantly in conversations with editors. 
getting, you know, booked for shoots. And I was very much a working stylist, a working interior stylist for magazines and brands. And so I was very much behind the scenes. And when I created my first book, I knew that I needed to put myself out there to ensure the success of this book because I had like sweated blood and tears to get that book out into the world. I put my heart and soul and everything else <laughs> and more into it. And so I sort of recognized that, you know, I, like I didn't even have my face on my Instagram at all up until that point. And so that I needed to actually, you know, share who I was and, and what I valued and, and why I'd created this book. And that was really challenging, but it's just like one step at a time. And so when I did that though, then all sorts of other possibilities open. And I had to sort of like, I don't want to be someone who's always sharing photos of myself. You know, I had like all this kind of negative self-talk about it. And I was looking at it in that lens rather than thinking, you know, what possibilities could this open up for me? And, and honestly, once I did it, so many opportunities came my way. I remember I had um, somebody from one of the Apple stores in Sydney, one of the big Apple stores in Sydney, wanted me to do events. You know, as soon as you start putting your name out there, so many opportunities open up for you. And I had held back and I had all this kind of like negativity around this idea of like, I don't want to be one of these people who's taking selfies or whatever. And I still don't really take selfies. But, you know, I had to find out a way that worked for me, that felt good for me. All right. So um, one of the first big ideas that I wanted to share with you is this idea of finding a muse. And it can actually be several people. This is how it worked out for me. I didn't have examples when I was kind of really like in my 20s, you know, and trying to work out like what I wanted to do even before then. I really didn't have examples of people in my life who had lived the life or was living the life that I wanted. I mean, there was at some point I knew I wanted to do something with my life that I loved. Like I, I knew deep down that that was like a core, you know, belief that I had that I didn't want to do a job that I didn't love. That was, that was like the foundational first big idea, you know, like that was like the baseline. And then I sort of thought, well, okay, then what do I want to do with my life? And I did struggle that with that for a long, long time, you know, and if I'm being really honest, like I still kind of feel like, you know, I do lots of different things. I'm not one of those people that just sort of like goes into one little hole and that's what I do. And I'm not just like, I'm an architect and I just do architecture. You know, I do lots of different things. Like I'm a very, you know, this idea of multi, multi hyphenate, you know, like that is who I am. I do a podcast. I love creating content. I love helping people. I love, you know, doing consultations. I love teaching people in my courses. Like I love doing lots of different things. And that's still true of me. But at that point, I really didn't know like what it was that, you know, what path I should go down and, and, and even how to make any of that happen. And so that's why I started my blog Daily Imprint. And I think it was 2007 that I started it. I'm really bad at remembering dates, but um, it was a long, long time ago. For those of you who have been around for a while, um, I mean, some of you might even remember Daily Imprint, but it was one of the first big design blogs. And it was around the time when Design Sponge started. I actually had been up and running for a while before even Design Files. Um, some of you might remember Anna Spiro, an Australian designer. She had 
a design blog called Absolutely Beautiful Things. It was in that kind of era. And the reason I started that is because I actually wanted to find out, you know, how do these people create these lives for themselves? How do they manage to create a, a job or have a business that makes their, you know, they're doing something that they're passionate about. They're doing something they love. They're doing something that they believe in, you know, that these were people who are very much, you know, they had really um, like core values that really aligned with my core values in terms of, you know, wanting to do good in the world. And I was like, but how, like, how are they doing this? And so that's why I started my blog to interview people. And so every day, so five days a week, I would run an interview with all sorts of different creators, interior stylists, interior designers, photographers, um, artists, like all of these different types of people, because I wanted to know how is this possible? And so for me, that was a huge thing. So all of these people, you know, these collective people became my muse. Like these were people that I could follow. I could follow their journey. And this was even before Instagram started. And so it really helped me understand the steps that I needed to take to, to then actually start pursuing the things that I wanted to do in my life. And in many ways, this podcast is a continuation of that. You know, I continue to interview people that inspire me and interest me. And I want to know, you know, how they made their journey possible, you know, and I hope that you get a huge amount of inspiration from that as well. So find somebody, it can be a person or it can be a group of people that can be your muse where you can learn lessons from them that, you know, they have gone before you and they, they have, you know, learned many lessons on their journey. And I, I really hope that these solo episodes are that for you. I mean, that's why I do them because I got such incredible value out of learning about other people's journeys that, you know, I'm now like 15 years along my journey for doing interior styling. And that's why I share these lessons with you because I once was at that very beginning of my journey and I had no idea what to do. The second big idea that I wanted to share with you is to follow experience. And that kind of often is wrapped up in some type of formula. So for me, you know, for a long time, I thought, well, you know, I'll just figure this out. Like I'm smart. I'm hardworking. And, you know, there was a part of me that thought that, um, you know, if I was to invest in my own education that, you know, like I just had such a negative <laughs> a viewpoint of all of this. And I, I really felt like people were just trying to take my money off me or they're just trying to rip me off or, you know, and I'm like, I can see what you're doing. I can see that, you know, you're charging for this course or you're charging for this, whatever it was. And that like, you're just making money off me. And like, that was my mindset around it. And I, I just, it's so incredible for me to think that now, because I have such a different mindset about it. Um, I just, I really, I think it was kind of partly the journalist in me and, you know, very skeptical. And I didn't want to be a sucker. I didn't want to get duped. Um, and I had such a negative mindset about money. But since then, I have invested in my own education so many times. The first time was definitely the hardest. And I actually invested in a course that was about two and a half thousand Australian dollars, which was a massive amount. But you know what happened is that because it was such a huge investment for me, I really like I did everything and I followed the whole process, the formula that this person was sharing. And I followed that whole thing 
And I learned so much. And, um, you know, it really helped me grow my own, you know, service based business and what I offer to other people. And it was a huge, huge leap in my growth and in my personal journey. And ever since then, I am such a big proponent of investing in my own education and kind of going back to that idea before that, you know, we can see something as like a challenge and we start to listen to the negative self-talk, but instead think about the possibilities that when you invest in something, what doors are that open up for you? I mean, just um, this past week, my husband, he went skiing with his brothers. They had a sort of a brother's trip and they actually got a, and, and they all grew up skiing. My husband actually grew up near Mount Buller in Victoria, for those of you who know that part of the world. And so he used to go skiing with school. You know, I don't know if it was every day, but it was certainly every week. And so he grew up skiing and he lived where he lived was like right basically next to this big ski resort. And so he grew up doing that. I mean, his family is he's on his mum's side is Finnish. So, you know, like they all grew up skiing. I mean, his his grandfather was fighting against the Russians doing like on skis with, you know, like I think it was called the Winter War. And, you know, so like this is his heritage. And um, but they even though they're all, you know, good skiers and one of his brother actually lives down near Canberra and um, and goes skiing like regularly several times a week because it's very close to the snowfields. But anyway, they um, they paid for a lesson to get an instructor. And he said that just having this lesson with this instructor, it just really took all of their skiing to the next level. And as he was telling me this story, I said, you know, this is like why, <laughs> why we need to invest more in getting business coaching for our business. And, and he was like, I had the exact same thought and how important, you know, and like I said, I've invested in my own education in with, with different people and courses, but now, you know, we need to keep growing. And because as we've kind of learned these different lessons, we need to go to the next level again. And it's just this powerful thing of like how you can have this one experience or have this, you know, a coach, or you can do a course. And just by doing that, how much you grow like it just accelerates and so with his brothers he was saying like one of his brothers who skis all the time the one that lives in Canberra you know he basically like they were able to do more runs um they like his top speed went from something like an average of 69 kilometers an hour to like 87 kilometers an hour um you know they just it just this one day with an instructor how it really took their skill level to that next level and how important it is to follow experience and a formula. The third idea that I wanted to share with you is that you also need to forgive yourself for playing and experimenting. And so, as I mentioned before, with, you know, this idea of you can't expect to be an expert chef, you know, the first time you cook, you can't expect to get anything right the first time. Learning is a process. You really have to play, you have to experiment and have fun too. You know, like don't, when we start to get into this, like worrying and having doubt and self-doubt, it really takes us into this heavy place and we need to replace the heavy with having fun. And so that's my encouragement for you is to, if you're feeling, you know, worried about what you should do, just have a bit of fun with it. You know, don't take it too seriously. And, you know, I know that I probably don't come across the sort of as the sort of person that has fun, but 
I actually do. My husband and I, we constantly, we will be laughing about things to the point where the children are just looking at us because we both have tears rolling down our eyes. Like we can have fun about, you know, whatever it is that we're doing and we can have fun with ourselves and, you know, make fun of ourselves. And so, you know, it's really important to do that. And all the time, you know, I'm always experimenting and having fun and being playful in my own home. I mean, just this weekend, I went to the farmer's markets and there was this beautiful, um, it was pear blossom and, um, and it was pink. I know I don't normally do pink, but it was so beautiful. I couldn't resist. It's actually the type of blossom that I keep seeing on people's trees thinking, gosh, I wish I could get into their property <laughs> and take a clipping. And anyway, I saw it. And this is just a little tip for you. Because I got it from the farmer's markets, it was really inexpensive. It was like $20 a bunch, which I think is such good value. Because I know for a fact that if I had bought that from a florist, it would have been at least $60. So if you can buy things from like farmer's markets or just like the flower markets, if you're in Sydney, it's just so much cheaper. But, you know, I got this beautiful blossom and it's like, okay, now I've got to find a vase that this is going to work with. And so I knew I didn't have anything in the main house. So I went to the studio and, um, you know, I had to just play with it. And it was just, you know, just a little example of how you can just experiment and have fun with the things in your home. And when I look back at my first styling shoot, I can see so many things that I would do differently. You know, yes, I did a good job and I really like I pushed myself so hard with that shoot, but I'm always going to be improving and learning. And, you know, I see so many things in my first book that I would do differently in terms of the styling. But, you know, that book continues to sell. I mean, it is literally still a bestseller on Amazon for interior design and home decorating. It's constantly, um, if not in the top five, definitely in the top 10. But most of the time, it's still in that top five, usually about three or four on the list. And this book is now five years old. So, it, you know, it's incredible how we are our own worst critic. And but we we shouldn't hold ourselves back because we're worried about making a mistake. We really do worry more than anyone else. And, um, you know, and then you've got to think, well, what's the alternative? Again, like flipping the script. I think it's so important to kind of make that switch in your mind. If you start to have these negative thoughts, think, well, you know, what's the alternative that we never try or that, you know, like, how is that going to work out for us if we never even try to improve our homes because we're worried about making a mistake. You know, I always say to my students in the styling masterclass, you've just got to do the work. It's so important to just engage in the process. And I talk about this actually a lot as well in my book style. For those of you who have it, um, you know, I I've like I, I really share some super valuable lessons about how I've learned about just doing the work in there and engaging in the process because that's how you learn. That's how you improve. You know, that's how you move from doubting yourself to feeling more confident in your abilities. So I want you to think, you know, where are you right now on your learning journey? And how often are you actually trying to make improvements to your home, to your life, you know, pursuing your dreams? Or are you spending more time thinking about making improvements than actually doing the work? And, you know, how long are you going to keep taking that approach? Like if you're not making progress, then you really need to think about, well, how long am I going to pursue this path if I'm not making progress? So I've shared three big ideas with you today. The first is how important it is to find a muse. 
It can be somebody that you really look up to and admire. And there's certainly for me, you know, there's podcasts that I listen to of people who are further ahead on their journey. And, you know, they are the muse to me. They are somebody who I'm taking mental notes of, you know, the steps they're taking and the journey they're on. And because I'm always trying to improve. The second is to follow um, experience. So follow the people who are further ahead on the journey. Follow and, you know, engage with people who have that experience and try to learn from them. As I mentioned, you know, whenever I have invested in education, that is when I have had huge, huge growth in my skill levels on in all sorts of different areas. And the third idea is to forgive yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. You need to move from worrying about what you're creating to actually just doing the work. And when you engage in that process, that is when you're going to kind of start to recognize that work that didn't. I can do this bit differently, but actually I was quite happy how that part turned out. So you have to engage in the process. I would love to hear from you what you found most valuable from today's episode. Um, this is episode 136. So you can put a quick comment in the review section or leave it a five-star rating or just send me a DM on Instagram. Always love from hearing from you there. So, and as I mentioned, I really want you to take action. So what is one thing that you can do today to help you progress in your journey, to move from that self-doubt to feeling more confident about your abilities? Who is somebody that you can follow or what is something that you can invest in? Or how can you, you know, be like switch the, you know, flip the script in terms of the way that you're thinking about, um, you know, framing things in a negative way to seeing it as a positive way? Or how can you experiment and have fun in your own home? So for those of you who do want to take some of these ideas deeper um, and are ready to take action, you know, I'm here for you and I'm here to help you. Enrollments for the Styling Masterclass are open for just a few more days. So if that is on your heart, is that if that is something that you've been thinking about, then, you know, I'm sharing my whole process in there, all of the big lessons that I've learned. And to it really is designed to help you feel more confident creating a home and life that you can love. So um, for those of you who are interested in that, then um, there is a link in the show note and you can go straight away and find out more information about that. But wherever you are on your journey, I just want you to know that um, the only way we ever improve is by doing the work. So and that is the more you engage in that process, the more confident you will feel. So I hope that you have found this valuable and I look forward to connecting again with you soon. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.